0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Hello, you are listening to LGBTQ America. This is Brandon Carmody. We want to welcome our listeners in the United States and around the world. There is so much going on in the world right now, folks, and in the United States, it's just almost untrackable so we're going to get right to our panel members Um, first panel member i believe we're speaking with roddy biggs
2: hey brandon it's always great to be here
1: okay Roddy, great thank you and we should also have veronica electronica i'm here okay great to speak with you all so um we have a new vice president-elect mike pence And on Friday night, for whatever insane reason, he decided to take in a showing of the Broadway musical Hamilton. (laughs) Isn't that hilarious, right? Absolutely. So, so, uh, my understanding is that as VP Pence and his security detail and everything was entering into the theater, uh, you know, there were some literal boos and jeers, as well as some mixed clapping and applause. So, he had sort of a mixed reaction just getting into the theater so it's a misnomer it goes without saying that the cast of Hamilton was aware the vice president-elect Pence was out there showing so um, I want to give you all a clip Uh, the cast of Hamilton used the uh, curtain call after the show shall we say as an opportunity to make an impassioned uh, plea to VP Pence and you're going to find this pretty incredible so let's let's load this clip
3: Vice President-elect Pence, we welcome you and we truly thank you for joining us here at Hamilton and American Music. We really do. We, sir, we are the diverse America who are alarmed and anxious that your new administration will not protect us. Our planet, our, planet, our children, our parents, or defend us and a whole, our inalienable rights, sir. But we truly hope that this show has inspired you to uphold our American values and to work on behalf of all of us. Yeah. All of us. <laughs> Again, we thank for sharing this show, this wonderful
4: American story told by a diverse group of men, women of different colors, creeds, and origins. <laughs>
1: So there you go. That was the uh, cast of Hamilton speaking to VP Pence with their impassioned plea for his uh, uh, recognition and understanding of all of our diversity. Now, I want to give you real quick here. uh, Alec Baldwin returned to Saturday Night Live last night as President-elect Trump, and he's basically uh, being shown in a scatterbrain uh, mentality, trying to get together to make good on his promises. This is the moment that uh, he run into Mike Pence last night. Check this out.
4: Uh, I heard you went to see Hamilton. How was that?
3: <laughs>
1: it
4: was good. I got a free lecture. Uh. <laughs> I heard they booed you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love you, Mike. You're the reason I'm never going to get impeached. So...
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're coming over to Veronica Electronica. Um, clearly the Hamilton story is kind of the big story of the weekend. What did you think?
5: Um, I think I, you know, I did see it shortly after they posted it. I have lots of friends back home in New York, so um, it showed up pretty quickly on my Facebook feed. And I think that that was probably a decision that the the stage manager or whoever on the cast made, and uh, probably not an easy decision. I mean, because it takes some some guts to do something like that to confront, no matter who the the public official or the public person is in the audience. I mean, it's not common for something like that to happen on broadway and i just think that they took that opportunity uh and uh, part of the clip that you didn't play was when they told the audience take out your cell phones and record this this needs to be captured and that's i think how a lot of that kind of got out online it was um was because the the cast actually did uh, implore the audience to make sure that they captured the the moment on film and he the the vice president was actually on his way out of the theater and he he's Paused him and said, Please don't leave. We have something to say to you so I mean it was a very calculated um, p r moment i mean i don 't want to say it was p r for the show, but i'll say it was p r for the for the moment and and what he wanted to say um, but um, i I mean I congratulate the cast for doing it, um, but i think I think that putting uh, the vice president on the spot like that is uh, a little sideways but you do what you have to do and you take the opportunities that you can take because um, I mean that's just how democracy works you take the opportunity when you can take it
1: (laughs) this is what democracy looks like right (laughs) exactly okay Veronica awesome Uh, Ruddy Biggs uh, Hamilton big story of the weekend VP Pence decided to take in the showing and there is the political backlash what do you think
2: I love it. I thought it was hysterical and amazing that they did that. And maybe now some of us who actually want to see the show can get tickets. So I'm all for it. And right after it happened, I went to Twitter and said, hey, if you're really taking this boycott Hamilton thing seriously, give me your tickets because I love to see it and put hashtag equality with it. So people are taking advantage of it and it's amazing. And I amend anyone who's going to do something on that scale because I mean America is founded on equality and Hamilton speaks to that spirit. So good job guys.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Thank you, Roddy. Uh, Yeah. And it's true. I hear that Hamilton tickets are really hard to get. So um, yeah, maybe we can all go as a group showing. So we have uh, a couple of uh, digital guests here, guests that have pre-taped their statement. So Tara Dublin was on the show last night And so uh, here we go. Here's Tara Dublin's response to the Hamilton video.
0: Well, there are several layers here to unpack. So first of all, when he did enter the theater, we know he got booed, um, which I believe that's, you know, and that's part of the reason why they're all complaining. Oh, they booed him. Really? What would you do to Hillary? Let's not even. And uh, And then for the chode to respond with, that the cast owes Mike Pence an apology uh, for <sighs> that is like, first, it makes, you want, it makes you want to just find him and shake him and say, really, what's wrong with you? How do you watch that or listen to it and not hear the respect in it, in my opinion, Mike Pence does not deserve, and then you hear the dignity in it, and you hear the honest plea from everyday American constituents making a plea to their political representative who happens to be present and part of a politician's job, regardless of party affiliation is to listen to all of their constituents, which Mike Pence does not do.
1: All right. Thank you, Tara Dublin. We also had Cameron Witten on the show this morning Um, who has been involved with the PDX resistance, and he has been streaming live on Facebook all of the protests and various different events going on here in Portland with the resistance. So Cameron Witten weighed in on the Hamilton situation. Here we go.
4: I'll just first of all say that Donald Trump has been saying all kinds of stuff on his Twitter all kinds of days. Uh, I really don't believe that Donald Trump even believes half of what he puts on Twitter. Um, And for me, it's really sad Uh, considering um, everything that happened this past year, seeing how um, President-elect Trump uh, ran his campaign, which was super divisive, uh, very much, you know, targeted uh, people with personal insults from Republicans to Democrats, people of all political persuasions, actually harassing people, and documentation of him talking about the sexually assaulting women and all these other, like, the lawsuits that he's taken against people, like, actual actions and things that he's said and done that have actually harmed people, and what I, what we just heard was completely civil, was completely open-minded, and was a conversation, and the fact that that could be translated into harassment makes no sense to me. What also doesn't make sense at all is that uh, just this this past week, uh, Donald Trump was tweeting that he was grateful that people were protesting in the streets after the results of the election. And so for me, that is some serious cognitive dissonance. They have this uh, man who is saying, oh, well, people are protesting me, and they're all chanting fuck Trump and all these things um, in the streets. Uh, This is great. And then you have this cast of people who are talking about presidential values, um, talking to the VP and saying, thank you for joining us. Here's how we want to be included in your administration. And that equates to harassment. So for me, it's another thing that just proves that uh, this is a man of very short temperament. Um, A lot of what he says does not make sense. And we're in some really sad, confusing times in the next three years in America.
1: Okay, thank you Cameron Witten, for weighing in. So folks, uh, we enter into unknown and uncharted waters and a difficult topic as we get into our next segment here. So uh, we are, it's incumbent upon us to protect our sources. Journalists have been through this since journalism began, you know, will you reveal your sources? No. Okay, you can be held in contempt and taken to court, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So we have a source that we are going to be protecting here that we are not going to name that um, basically sent us a disturbing video of an incident in New York that happened within the last week. We don't have an exact date or location, but again, we're going to be protecting everyone involved here. But here is a quote from our anonymous source. And then we're going to get into the video.
6: So this video was sent to me by my Uber driver after drumming up friendly conversation during our ride. He told me the episode occurred just prior to picking me up. Uh, The actions displayed in the video obviously speak for themselves, regardless of what the catalyst for anger was. And uh, it's best left for those to draw their own opinions. But needless to say, I was affected enough by it to share it on facebook as were those that spread it widely stemming from my initial post it's a shame that the actions of a few reflect so poorly on new yorkers and americans in general also i think it is worth pointing out that the uber drivers showed great restraint in the face of such hate and intolerance
3: Fuckin Aaron, Aaron, fucking fucker. I don't care, bro. Video, you're a loser. You don't even from here, you motherfucker. <laughs> fucking loser. Fuck you and your family you terrorist. Fuck. Video all you want. You're an Arab. You're a fucking loser. Sad nigga. Exactly. Video. What is that gonna do? What is that gonna do? Trump is president, asshole. So you can kiss your fucking of goodbye, scumbag. They'll deport you soon. Don't worry, you fucking terrorist. Oh, my God,
1: I'm so sick. What you feeling? Fucking Irish mother. Wow. So, again, uh, this is an incident. Um, What we know at this point is that this occurred in New York sometime over the last seven days, and that was a motorist um, literally committing verbal hate speech against an Uber driver. Um, We're going to go back to our panel now and to get feedback on this uh, shocking encounter captured on video. Uh, Veronica Electronica, that uh, obviously must be pretty eye-opening. What do you think?
5: Uh, I will. I mean, if you switch out a couple, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, because I'm on Bluetooth. Okay, just making sure. Um, I think, well, as a New Yorker, I think if you change out a couple of the words, it just sounds like any other day in, uh, around a taxi <laughs> in Manhattan. But I think that the the rhetoric and the... Um, the tone and who the specific uh, hate was aimed at was definitely fueled on by election rhetoric. But it's always been there, and it's always going to continue to be there. But I think some people that have those
2: viewpoints
5: are feeling more empowered because of the, uh, the tone of the election and because their candidate or the candidate that shares some of their viewpoints and values was victorious so that they feel like that gives them uh, no pun intended but the trump card to use language like that um and they feel like they one person is worth more worthy or or better than another and if someone they feel like is going to be able to sit there and take it or listen they're going to do it but it's something that we're going to have to deal with and that everybody is going to just have to step up their game and just be more mindful of the community around them.
1: Sure, sure. And so uh, it's also a bit disturbing to hear that that might be a little bit of everyday traffic rhetoric, but I can can see that. Um, Have you seen stories of anyone in your direct community, Veronica, that has reported any type of uptick in hate crimes or hate speech? Is there anything that you want to make mention of that you've seen happening?
5: Well, uh, so I live in Nashville, which is, you know, uh, in Tennessee, in a, a pretty deep red state. We're a blue dot in a red state. Um, but there will always be the underlying red tone. Um, however, we did have a uh, a queer person murdered in Nashville just a few days ago after the election, and not saying that it's election-related, but hate crimes in general have been either more reported or more prevalent since uh, November 8th in the U.S., and Nashville, unfortunately, has also been part of that statistic. So it is, um, I mean, Nashville voted, Nashville was only one of two counties that voted for Hillary in the entire state uh, out of uh, several dozen counties. But um, just the the conversation that I'm having with a lot of my community members, I mean, it was an extremely depressing uh, time for a lot of us here. And I was actually with my mother and watching the election results. And, I mean, it got closer to midnight and things weren't looking good. And, and we were both just so depressed. And we just both turned the TV off and went to bed. You know, like I went home and she went upstairs and it was, Overwhelming, but and lots and lots of people just really couldn't believe their eyes and ears that this was happening and uh hindsight is twenty twenty but could I have made some more phone calls? Should I have you know put that bumper sticker on my car instead of putting it in my on my dresser? you know things like that you have to think about, but it's also irrelevant today, but we have another election in four years and we have smaller elections so i implore people to get involved with their local politics and not only to vote but to run i mean that i mean my nephew this was a really cool thing my nephew's 25 years old and he called me and he's in uh in staten island back home in new york which is a very red dot in a blue new york city and he's like he's like i can't believe what's happening he's like i don't understand what i just did and i was trying to talk with him and kind of counsel with him. And he just kept on. And I said, well, you know what? If you're so passionate about it, you're young enough. Why don't you groom yourself to run for city council? And you can make your opinion a voice and opinion of a lot of people. And I think that really kind of started things rolling in his head. But we need to encourage, especially people of color, minorities, transgender people, gay people, um, and little old drag queens like me, I mean, run for office, get out there, or support a candidate publicly. That's part of the democracy that we live in, Is that you have the ability to do that.
1: Awesome. Very good. Thank you, Veronica. Uh, Roddy Biggs, um, it looks like you are also living in a red state in that little blue dot. Uh, What was your reaction to this Uber incident?
2: I don't want to say it's because of the election, but I think we are living in very different times now. People feel that they have the power and right to say that kind of stuff and that there's no consequences for it. It's frightening, especially to see it happen in what's normally considered a liberal city, and to see that it's just something that can happen. So you think about places like Knoxville, which are red, and the kind of stuff, like if that can happen in New York, who's to say that something even worse couldn't happen here? So I know people are terrified and frightened, and are trying to decide whether they even want to go outside because they're so afraid of what's going to happen. But at the same time, people are acting just the opposite and are going out and making a scene and saying, look, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to stand for. And that's what we all have to do. We can't just sit around and say, you know what? I'm not going to do anything because it doesn't matter. At this point, it matters more than it has ever mattered before. And we all need to get out there and fight for what we know is right and what America should stand for.
1: Exactly, Roddy. And a lot of people, a lot of people, both from the LGBTQ community and from other groups, as you see, I'm reaching across the aisle here. We're not just talking to queer people. everyone has got this surprisingly similar message about mobilize, 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 organize. And, you know, in downtown Portland the other day, they're literally like, okay, is there anyone here from the PDX resistance? Is there anyone here from this group? And so they were just taking a roll call of like, what kind of groups were there? It was really, really fascinating. Um, So we have our uh, digital panelists that have already pre-taped their responses in all due respect to them. We want to get their comments in. Uh, Special Agent Jay, we want to uh, give Special Agent Jay a chance to respond to the video here.
7: My first reaction is disgust, and not because of the words, but because of the fact it didn't surprise or shock me at all. And um, I can tell you by the sound of that person's accent, I can almost place them to New Jersey or Massachusetts, somewhere in the Northeast Corridor, and that is some place, for whatever reason, since the election, there has been a marked increase in hate crime Verbal assaults, physical assaults, and things like that. And I always kind of assumed that you know the Northeast would be a bit more progressive, but I suppose I was wrong about that assumption. I uh, I guess I was just kind of assuming it was some sort of Leave It to Beaver sort of enclave, but apparently it's quite different.
1: Do you see some sort of free license that these in the media is describing them as white nationalists? They're using these politically hmm. correct terms. They don't want to call the alt-right white supremacists. They don't want to come out and create that type of controversy. So white nationalist um, activity and speech is on the uptick. Do you think that the result of Donald Trump sends a message to them, to that alt-right group and to that movement, that they now have open license to treat America and people within it that they don't agree with, minorities, the way that they want to. I mean, do you think that we're going to see an increase in this type of hate crime and hate speech? Do you think that this is just the beginning?
7: Absolutely. Absolutely. And if the best that Trump can do to quell this sort of surge is to look in the camera and say, stop it without actually doing anything. I mean, that's just laughable in and of itself. Um, And absolutely. I mean, we have all these people who are uneducated, typically white evangelicals between the ages of 18 and 35. They have no idea from their butthole from a ditch in the ground. And, you know, they just eat it up. It doesn't matter whether something he says has been disproven time and time again by multiple sources. It doesn't matter if it's on the internet, it's true. And, um, the way he speaks of women, you know, that just says, well, if my president can talk like that, then I can talk like that, too. And I'll grab a woman by a certain part of her anatomy because I can. The president said I can.
1: All right. Special Agent Jay, thanks for weighing in on the video. And we have one more response from uh, Tara Dublin, who's making her first appearance with us on LGBTQ America. Here's Tara Dublin.
0: Wow. Well, you know, with him saying, what does it do? What does it do? What does the filming do? Well, it exposes you. That's what it does. And it's one more incident that we have uh, that we can, instead of saying, oh, this guy said this to me, it's here. Here is video. Here is video of a hate crime. Here is evidence of a hate crime. Do something with this. It's not hearsay. I can see and hear it. So it's real and it's in front of you. So when I hear that. Um, to me, it's almost like, you know, we knew that this hate existed in our country, and if you believe that it did not, then you've been living under a rock, because we know that this exists. I will say that in the last election, it certainly was not like that, or the one before or the one before, and the hate speech has grown uh, more emboldened with the rise of the Internet, and uh, up until we had the chode as the candidate for the Republican Party, um, people didn't really because <laughs> yes. I can't call him by his name um, people really kind of kept a lid on that you know it, it would it might boil over in the street uh, if you got into an altercation but it wasn't every day and it wasn't all day and it certainly wasn't every day all day online the choad has given his followers blanket permission to behave this way he has said it's alright as he has said it by his example
1: All right, Tara Dublin, thanks for weighing in. Uh, So a special note for our listeners, uh, and this is on a somber one, but this is very important to the community. Today is transgender day of remembrance. So I'm reading right now from the, it gets better Twitter. We remember the trans lives we have lost this year, and we are determined to create a better life for today's trans youth around the world. And then on the human rights campaign, Uh, They wrote, End Transgender Violence. At least 21 transgender people, most of them women of color, were murdered in 2016. Join us in Standing Against Hate. So I want to talk to our live panel that's here right now. Um, uh, Roddy Biggs, I'm going to start with you. Will you tell me about Transgender Day of Remembrance? What What does today mean to you? And what are the people in the trans community that you talk to? What are they feeling
2: right now? So, to me, today's a day that shouldn't even have to exist. And I'm horrified that it even does. The fact that we have to have a day in our society in the year 2016, going into 2017, where we have to sit and say that at least 21 people in the United States were murdered because of who they are, that's just wrong. So, it's a very dark day. But at the same time, it's a day that we're able to commemorate the heroes who just simply fought for being alive and who said, this is who I am and weren't afraid to show it. And they make the ultimate sacrifice by being who they are, which is absolutely ridiculous. But for people in the community that I've talked to that I know who are trans, they struggling, just like all of us, but they are especially struggling because they feel that under the new presidency, they're not going to be able to get the soldiers they need or aren't going to get the support from the government, that they simply may not even be able to go to the bathroom, where they please, because certain people don't believe that they should be allowed to do that kind of thing, which, in my opinion, is just stupid. I know that a lot of people are struggling with it, and I just wait for the day that that number doesn't exist. The fact that 2016 has been or was recorded as the number one worst year for trans deaths, so this year there's been more trans deaths than any other year in the United States, is just absolutely dreadful. And like I said, I can't wait for the day that we don't have to have this day. There was zero trans death in America, which is the way it should be.
1: Understand and appreciate it. Roddy Biggs, thank you. Veronica Electronica, today is Trans Day of Remembrance. What does today mean to you and to the people close to you?
5: Well, um, I'm going to answer this in a couple of different uh, parts. My partner is trans, Um, so it's a... It's a day that, you know, that we get to talk about quite a bit, and it's something that we uh, think about, you know, on a daily basis all throughout the year. It doesn't have to be just this one day. Um, And in Nashville, we actually have a pretty well-pronounced trans community, and we also have a really big uh, get-together every year, congregation on November 20th every year. Um, And I'm also a member of the um, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which if you're not familiar with, you can go online and and check it out. But uh, it's an order of um, charity working drag queen nuns. And um, I am a member of the Music City Sisters. And for my novice project this year, we did a fundraiser to raise money to by a headstone for a trans woman who was murdered in chicago but was a native nashvillian um, and she was murdered in 1996 and she had a headstone for these 20 years so um i chose to do this project and to we had the benefit on sunday so it kicked off transgender day of remembrance here in nashville and we raised almost two thousand um, dollars to purchase christian page a headstone so that she no longer is just a patch of grass and a forgotten story, but she actually has her name back. And her monument can be a monument to all trans people that can come and pay their respects to their fallen friends. And I think that when you do something like that, and it wasn't just one person giving a check for $2,000. It was a room full of people at Nashville's Biggest Gay Nightclub, and it was people online all over the world donating money for this cause. Um, and we didn't just buy a headstone. We actually changed history because every year at our, uh, at our ceremony we read Christian's bio and the last sentence is always the same. She lies in an unmarked grave in Woodlawn Cemetery. Well, this year it gets to change and it will change forever. So it, I think that if people work within their communities to make the communities a safer place and to make it more of an accepting place, I think we can make it so that there are fewer and fewer names on that list every year.
1: That's incredible. All right, Veronica. I really appreciate that. Thank you. So uh, again, we want to thank all of our panelists today. Veronica Electronica, Roddy Biggs, Tara Dublin, Special Agent Jay, guest Cameron Witten, and our anonymous guest that brought us the video. Thank you all for being on LGBTQ America. Um, so we're going to close out today with a musical moment of silence in honor of Transgender Day of Remembrance. <laughs>